ghost host Guess coast to coast co-host? ghost host yeah the ghost host you can be the ghost host And welcome everybody to Beer, Bourbon, and Balderdash. Yeah, the guy dinging the bell on the other end is uh, my friend Craig Weinberg. Craig Weinberg of VPD Studio. Heyo. And the interview podcast. That's right. It's a very good podcast. Everyone should listen to that podcast. Uh, John is not with me tonight. He has uh, the coof. He's got COVID. Bailed. He's bailed on you. <laughs> He's got COVID, poor guy. Ah. It's, it's going through um, Wayfair, so if you buy anything from them, uh, just make sure you clean it first, I guess. I don't know. Sanitize it. I'm just kidding. Was, wasn't that a thing that no. we had to do? Like, you had to oh, wash yes. the stuff you got back in the day. Wasn't that dumb? Yeah. My, my wife and I were walking through a grocery store this afternoon, and I was like, I turned to her, I said, do you remember when they used to have directional stickers on the floor? Yes. And these aisles, you had to go, so you're going the wrong way on the... Yes. Oh, all of a sudden, I just got, whoo, I got anxiety from that, bro. Well, it's nuts because I told her, I said, I hope that that is just the most ludicrous piece of history that we'll ever have. Yeah. I do hope that. Yeah. I didn't, I was, um, I was disobedient with the mask ordinance. Uh, people like had to purposely come to me and like threaten me with whatever in order for me to wear a mask around here. And you did comply when they did? No, I would just leave. Oh, okay. Yeah, no. Yeah, I, I was going to give you money, but I've decided not to. Yes. Yeah. When I had one lady come up to me at a local grocery store here, and, and she goes, why do you think you can't wear a mask? And I looked at her because I don't want to, is what I said to her. And then I just walked away, <laughs> and she was flabbergasted that I said, I don't want to. So, and um, yeah, and I lived. I lived through the winter of death. So here I am. And here you Not are. A hologram. Yeah. And here we are. Yeah. <laughs> well, Craig, thanks for uh, filling in as the yeah. guest co-host tonight. I've been wanting to find an opportunity to have you on and to talk to you. Uh, I so know we've texted back and forth about that. Oh yeah. Have you like? Would you call that the ghost host? Ghost host. Guest coast to coast. Co-host. Ghost host. Yeah, the ghost host. Sorry. You can be the ghost host. Holy Ghost host. Not the not that one. <laughs> <laughs> the host of the Golly, Holy Ghost. Golly gee. Um, so uh, you listen to the show. You're actually one of our largest supporters. Thank you for that. Absolutely. We really appreciate it. We are a value for value podcast. So is the interview podcast, by the way. Amen. Brother. Send us your Satoshis, your dollary dues, all the things that you want, including your uh, time and your talents. Absolutely. John and I are always looking for jingle makers. Mm. And because uh, I'm terrible at it. Just piss poor at it and um yeah and any suggestions for alcohols and topics we're up for that because uh we want to make this podcast that everyone gets to enjoy not just what john and i deem as stupid so um part of that as you know we usually do a bourbon and a beer review but um i'm doing a dry week so i have a non-alcoholic beer that i'm going to review so and what do you have because well, you can do whatever you want, sir. C- correct. Because I, as the guest, um, so I'm sitting in my studio. Yeah. So I'm not at home, um, and so my collection is at home. Mm. However, I do have the remnants of uh, an old Rittenhouse bottled and bond rye. One of my um, favorites. For I, literally, it was I was going through Minnesota, and there was, 
a clearance shelf at the door mm-hmm. of this liquor store. And it was odd. It's like, this is weird. Um, $17.99. Yeah. It's like, you know what? For that, I, I got to try it. And I honestly didn't love it at the beginning. Oh. Um, as it sat open a bit, it's pretty smooth. Wait, is it your first time trying it right now? No, 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 no. Okay, you're talking about before. Yeah, like, oh, okay. Originally, yeah. Yeah. But, but no, most of my uh, my stuff. I just got, let me find that. Uh, I Before we started recording, I spilled the beans that I recorded a pilot episode of a new podcast. Well, tell us what it is as my competition. Well, <laughs> it's not your competition. <laughs> because Two guys because drinking bourbon? What are you talking about? We're not... <laughs> <laughs> we're clearly not snobs about it, um, but <laughs> as you and John are. Yes, um, we're very snobby. <laughs> it's uh, as of now, Whiskey Rebellion is what we're mm. thinking about. Uh, and if you dig around that title around the podcast sphere, the, 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 I'm not going to say it. Um, <laughs> it's usually like old like crime stories around mm. that. It's like, okay, good. Not this. So yeah. basically, it's a, a friend and I who I grew up with him way back in the day. Uh, he's older than me by a few years. Uh, and now he's like we've gotten a lot more connected and close. But he's a uh, a legal uh, advice for me as well in his job, and we also do some other things with them together. But um, he's like, "Hey, do you want to write off your whiskey collection?" Uh, yeah. So um, we are beginning this business venture called Whiskey Rebellion, <laughs> um, and we're really it's it's a the idea is. Um, I guess I don't know. It, it it's not. It's not your this model in mm-hmm. the in the sense that, um, it's not themed as much as it's. Uh, we're gonna taste, you know, open a bottle of something, and then whatever's in the news or whatever has come up. Um, and so we, you know, at uh, this Washington Husky coach that you guys had yeah what a um, son of a gun two years, two years. i mean that came up you know because yeah. it's transition out of there i mean dude i don't know how i mean i'd run out of there as fast as i can as well if i was yeah there. well that's because you like the Oregon <laughs> sucks so <laughs> i mean ducks no sucks uh, hey now come on <laughs> the huskies i've gone to many homecoming games <laughs> there no that not many too but it was enough for me to know yeah we're better Nice. No, no. So, so this is really just. I a, don't care. I really it, don't have a dog in the fight. No pun intended. Hey. Yeah. Uh, it, it's an experiment, um, and yeah, because we, we we enjoy the nuance. And I know, I've, as I've called it on your show to to crash it over the months. Love it. Um, I, I've kind of talked about the the boutique art of bourbon. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's kind of my passion, and I'm not a passion. It's kind of my interest. Mm-hmm. You know, I've got no interest in drinking to get drunk i've got no interest in going to the bar because oh you know i gotta go no um i like the art of it all um and so it really it's centered around that i don't know what it's gonna look like um my my drive and passion is uh the interview so yeah which is a phenomenal show it's it's one of my favorite listens um including i've i have now uh realized that i like a lot of people that I didn't know that I liked because you have fascinating characters that you interview on your show. And well, the, the wildest I part is I don't it. know them either before I interview them yeah. for the most part. It doesn't seem like that. It really doesn't. It seems really? like you, yeah, you're quite professional. Well, you, you probably have heard that before, but you're quite professional. So I, I, I appreciate from, that. 
Well, thank you. Larry Blydner is one of my favorite cheerleaders <laughs> of that Larry show. That, yeah, that dude. That Larry you get show. a chance to talk with him, dynamite. Yeah, we'd dynamite. love to sometime. That's awesome. awesome. Well, so tell me about the Rittenhouse Rye since uh, we're in the bourbon section um, here. So, you know, this is their B&B. Mm-hmm. Um, so the thing I, the note I get the most, and it's so, I've never heard anyone else really explain it that way. Um, if you can recall your youth, um, <laughs> although we might be old enough that it was chalkboard, not yeah, I had dry chalkboards. erase marker, but the Expo dry erase marker, mm-hmm. the sweetness of that smell is mm. on the nose. Mm-hmm. And I, I've noticed it on a lot of different rides. Um, and so it's weird. And <laughs> the other day, I probably shouldn't say this out loud. The other day, um, my five-year-old <clears throat> was near me and just smelled in the glass. I had a little bit. And he's like, oh, it smells like a marker. <laughs> oh. So he's, yeah. Was it that? Uh, no, it wasn't this one, but it was it was a, a rye, I think. Oh, okay. So similar. Usually people say it smells like a marker if it's a peated something. Now, see, I don't know about that because I love peated scotch. Yeah. And I've never got the rye or that uh, that marker. That marker smell? From that. Yeah. Uh, I'll have to try, though. Certainly have to go give it a, a whiff. Yeah. Now, I, I, it's usually people who don't like it. Is <laughs> that's how they oh, describe right. it? Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's an acquired taste. It really is. Oh, totally. Yeah. So, um, so what does it taste like? What 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 characteristics come it, out it, of it? It has a, you know, rye has a little spice to it. Mm-hmm. There's a hint of spearmint at the mm-hmm. ba- at the bottom, yeah. the back end. Yeah. Um, that's one of my favorite parts about the rye. Yeah, and that there's an old old pepper. Mm. Uh, I found several months ago. I found an old pepper bottle. Um, I think it's hundred and it's barrel proof, so it's mm-hmm. hundred and fifteen or eighteen proof. Mm-hmm. Um, or it might be more than that. I don't remember. Uh it is like sucking on a really, really hot mm. piece of spearmint <laughs> gum. It is weird. Yeah. I like uh is that this the James Pepper? Old pepper, right? Uh it probably I, again I I'm I, I'm not as versed as I should be. <laughs> it's okay. It's I mean I it, <laughs> I we had it. we had friends over a couple of weeks ago that live in Florida and uh, the wife of my best friend, um, she's also my friend Michelle. She's loves bourbon. She listens to the show, and so I brought out a whole tasting and I went through like I don't know ten different whiskeys, oh, yeah, all the way from an, a cheap Evan Williams and to uh, a Jack Daniels, which is kind of a base. Everyone knows Jack Daniels, uh-huh. all the way over to an Ardbeg Ten. Ooh. Okay, yeah, pepper, whole yeah, pepper, old yeah. pepper rye. This is a single barrel. Um, it is written, handwritten on the side, hundred twenty two point eight proof. So it's got some bite to it. Nice, nice, and um, yeah, and she enjoyed the whole thing, and she actually ended up the rye are her favorites. But she had such a hard time describing things, and she felt dumb. I'm like, it, it's so subjective because it's memory based. You yeah. smell it and yeah. you taste it, and it and it conjures up something different for everyone. You know, you can read the descriptions on the bottles, and they're pretty mm-hmm. close. And these guys are master distillers; they know what they're putting in the bottle. So it's probably that. But for mm-hmm. each person that's tasting it, depending on what you ate that day, what you've already been drinking, all that stuff changes how it's going to taste and how it's going to smell. And so I was really trying to relax her to be like, "It's okay. Like <laughs> we're not looking for, yeah, 
you know, you're not, you're not in charge of any marketing here. So just tell me what it is that you want to, yeah. what you taste and stuff. And that's, that's the fun of it. I think, I think that's what makes well, it. Well, and it is, I was talking with a friend the other day about like, I want to get, they have those, the nosing like kits mm-hmm. where you get all the little bits of the different things you're supposed to be smelling. So at least you have a reference point. Yep. Um, it's $300. Oh, that's why I haven't okay. pulled the trigger on it. <laughs> uh, okay, I'm going to take their word for it and then just assume. <laughs> um, but like 2XO, mm-hmm. um, their limited editions, um, they have a American oak uh, that I got and gave to a friend for his birthday. Okay. Uh, well, we opened it. And so the, the nose has, they claim, honeysuckle. Mm. Well, there was some sweet that I had, was, we were smelling and we had no idea what it was until... That word gets thrown in your head, and then you're like, shoot, I remember as a kid, we'd go to the honeysuckle vine and pull those flowers off, and you bite the back end and suck the the juice out of it, and that's what it is. So it was kind of wild that that a lot of it's right if you can get to the reference word and the reference memory. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. I never had honeysuckle, so that would be interesting. Oh, so fun as kids. Yeah. Yeah. I just had blackberry bushes. Nothing as cool as that too. Okay, so did you go dig around the the ditches of the back roads when yes, you were a kid? To get absolutely. Oh, man, yeah, it was in an alley. Someone's oh, yeah. overgrown yeah. bush in an alley. I didn't yeah. care. Yeah. Where, where are you guys going? We're gonna go blackberry picking. Yep. That wasn't at some farm. No. I, I mean, I had the, out in the woods. Had the poops later, but you know, I mean, that was about. <laughs> it. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> that and cherries, cherry trees. No sit up oh, yeah. in the cherry tree all <laughs> afternoon eating yeah. cherries. I don't feel good. We had a plum tree that grew. Just a volunteer mm. came up right on the, uh, on the, beside the porch of our front house, front yard, our front deck. Going, growing up, and it had, like, once they got ripe, they were horrible. Like mm-hmm. I didn't like them, but when they were green, we would just eat them like crazy. Mm. And I, I don't recall having issues, but <laughs> like I remember when they got ripe, they were just messy and they weren't good. Yeah, but if you get them when they're just in the green, just a little sure. almost turning, yeah, fantastic. Yeah. You like them crunchier than, than the soggy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I, so do you eat a nectarine when it's soft and mushy, or yeah. do you prefer it when it's hard like an apple? Yeah, uh, in between. In between for me. There's got there's that in between. It's that one spot in between that, that you got to grab it at. So, yeah, that's, that's what I like. Um, moving on, our balderdash word for the night. You get to do this now, the balderdash oh, word. Jingle. I can play the music. This is part of the thing. I need jingles. If you know anyone, send them send them my way so I can ask. I'll pay. Um, but uh, I try to do, do. Do you care what it sounds like? Like, do you want to do you want to direct this thing, or do you say make me a jingle? Just like make me a jingle, I think it would be fine. Mm-hmm. I got music. I can send a music file. It's this heavy metal stuff. You hear this? And then I scream. I do scream on it. Something stupid like that? I don't know. The word. Something stupid. Uh, tonight, the word is, I don't even know how to pronounce this, Ozostomia. Ozostomia. How do you spell it? O-Z-O-S-T-O-M-I-A. Ozostomia. Ozostomia. What do you think it means? Well, it seems like it should have something to do with the ozone layer, just simply for mm, the first mm-hmm, beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't know if that's, you know, the because when I was a kid, <laughs> we were burning a hole in the ozone by using Aquanet. <laughs> so 
like you alone this just too. you well i wasn't my sister was <laughs> um, i didn't have hair back then yeah. well i did i had more than i do now um <laughs> so is it like the uh um <clears throat> like an illness perhaps oh regarding the, the ozone is ill mm-hmm We'll go there. Okay. Can't be right, but we'll go that way. <laughs> I like it. You're getting close. You're getting close. This is where we let people hang on until the mm-hmm. end of the show if they want to listen. With their teeth. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, tonight I'm uh, drinking a non-alcoholic brew. Uh, have you heard of Athletic Brewing Company? Uh, no, I have not. When you told me that you were having an athletic beer, I, for a second I thought, <laughs> what? Is that something you do and then run? I mean, people do run and then they'll drink one of these for sure. Because there's a little bit of protein from the yeast and there's there's carbs, which are good for muscles. Um, this one has a lot of carbs. And I'm not big on a lot of carbs because I'm a fat kid. So 12 grams is kind of a lot. So the thing I have, the problem I have with non-alcoholic stuff um, is drink water. Uh, it's so much better for you. <laughs> right. Uh, this stuff's expensive. Athletic beer is expensive or non-alcoholic beer is expensive. I looked it up. Everyone that makes out, uh, non-alcoholic beer or even the liqueurs, which are really foul unless you're mixing them, of course, because now you got to add all kinds of other sugars and stuff to make them taste good. But it's because they say they use higher quality ingredients. So that means your regular beer is not great ingredients, I guess. And they marketing. Yep. And yeah, exactly. And they have to use other equipment to keep the alcohol down to below 0.5%. So it's this whole added thing that, you know, you can't um, just make non-alcoholic whatever out of a regular still or however they brew it. John would know the word. And, um, but at my local pub that makes their beer right there on site, they have non-alcoholic beer that they, make themselves and it doesn't look like they're doing anything different than their regular beer. So I think it's all just a marketing gimmick in order for, yeah. So a six pack of athletic brewing company beer is 1469 for six. So I bought these individual cans because I'm not going to pay that. But even then it's like a dollar 69 for this can, which to me seems a lot. Even then perhaps. Yeah, and and they come in like there's an IPA one, and then there's um. So which one do you have? I'm on their website. So I, I'm drinking the Wits Peak Belgian style white. Okay, that is not clearly one of their trending now. No, uh, so not. <laughs> you, you must have got the, uh, the it, bottom. Well, it's a new one actually. So this is oh. it's a Belgian style wit with ingredients. Oh. It says here that pays homage to the old world style. It's built upon classic flavors of wheat and malt interwoven with exotic spices and citrus peel. Coriander and orange dance across the palate alongside a light, crisp, herbal bitterness. Coriander. What did I say? No, you said coriander. Okay, good. Is that, yeah, coriander. Is that cilantro? No. <laughs> nope, it's not. <laughs> it's what good, is coriander? Though. Coriander, isn't it like a, like, um, I think of something around star anise. Like that kind of flavor. Uh, we're going to go to the Wikipedia. Yeah, do it. It says also here, it's smooth, silky, and curiously savory. It's beautifully layered and wonderfully bright. This is a chat GPT description, by the way. Because I ask 
chat GPT to fix my <laughs> crappy stuff, and it comes up with stuff like this make, all the time. Make these bullet points sound good. Yep, <laughs> I do. Or frilly. Oh, yeah, I use it. It works. Mm-hmm. It works. So, coriander, according to the Wikipedia, which we all know uh, is... Always right. True. Uh, I, I would say, what are you drinking? Yep. Uh, but you just told me that. Yeah. Uh, coriander <laughs> says, uh, uh, this article is about the herb. Mm-hmm. Um, cilantro redirects here, it says. There so you go. I think you were close. Coriander is technically the seed of uh, cilantro. Now. But does it taste um, like cilantro? Well, I was enjoying... Uh, on the Prime video last night with my wife, uh, James May's Oh Cook television show. I would encourage everyone to go watch that. James I have not May's one of that. my favorite presenters. Oh. Uh, you know, one of the trio from yeah. the top. I watch Clarkson's Farm. Tour. Oh, phenomenal show. But James May's Oh Cook, he wrote a book, mm-hmm. a cookbook. It's called Oh Cook, which is funny because, you know, it's a play on words. Um, Cock. And he was, <laughs> he was making <laughs> something and he took. What I and we all call cilantro, and he cut it up and says, now we're going to put some coriander on this. So over in Europe, what we call cilantro is coriander, which makes sense because the seeds of cilantro are coriander. Mm-hmm. So can you can you taste that? Is it in there? Well, I'm going to find out here. So this is a point less than 0.5% alcohol in this bad boy made out of, made from San Diego, California. Here we go. I do not. I don't even taste a lot of orange. Um, it's like, it's almost like a light lager water. I mean, it's it's not good. So um, it's dirty water is what you're telling me. A little bit, yeah. Usually with a wit, mm, I don't think wits taste like this. There's a bad aftertaste too. Um, and it's not very bitter. I mean, it's 10 IBUs, which isn't anything. Um, 60 calories. Listen, non-alcoholic stuff is all the calories, none of the fun. Um, I don't enjoy these at all. Um, I drink them. I drank some with my dad. There was another one that I have upstairs that I drank with my dad. That was a Kolsch, and it was it was great. It you know it tastes like Kolsch. Hop water, if you like hoppy flavored things, hop water's fine. Um, it's seltzery, but you know they add even the carbonation into this into these non-alcoholic because the yeast is part of the car- carbonation. Oh yeah, the brewing so process. It's not built in. Yeah, so they have also have to add carbonation to it, which I don't think that means that you should jack up the price because everyone carbonates. I mean, I could put it in my soda stream and probably do better. Oh, Wes, Wikipedia. Most people perceive coriander as having a tart lemon lime taste, but some individuals. So here's here here's to put this in your mind, mm-hmm. and then tell me if it's in this. Some individuals say it tastes like dish soap. Oh, you taste the dish soap in there? I mean, it, you could be uh, you could be hypnotizing me at this moment, but um, <clears throat> some propaganda in there where I'm like, yeah, I do wah, taste, wah, wah. I do taste dish soap. <laughs> dish soap again. When was the last time you had? Was it when you swore last with your dad? <laughs> yeah, I don't think my parents ever put soap in my mouth. I might have tasted soap only because of the movie Christmas Story on my own. But I don't think I ever had my parents put soap in my mouth. <laughs> Did you ever have soap in your mouth? I'm trying to remember. I think so. Mm. Uh, you know, saying bad words is bad. Yeah, it's bad. Um, 
but I, I, I guess I don't. I, I think so. I, I do kind of think so. Yeah. But I, I don't recall saying bad words. So maybe I was just being a disrespectful little brat. Oh. Maybe that was it. Yeah. No, my mom would, she would threaten me and then I would laugh and then my dad would come home and go, mm. please stop frustrating your mom. She calls me when I'm at work and it's just, <laughs> okay. Did that work? No. <laughs> no. I should have gotten the belt many times. Nice. They uh, they spared the rod and had to deal Ooh, with. Uh, now now to, look what they got. Yeah, now they had to deal with that. I turned out okay, but I could have so, been better. <laughs> I, I have seen ads. <laughs> I have seen ads for this for non-alcoholic liquor. Yeah, which that is the most like insane concept. I could taste one right now. I could do a taste. I could do a little tasting. Hold on, I have because, one. Hold on. All right. I can hear you. So no, I can't hear you anymore. We're doing it live. It's, we're, we're, we're doing it live. I'm back. Uh, see? Oh, good. Well, was, oh, your camera just went wacky, too. Oh, so because I, I moved. So. <laughs> see, this, this AI. It said, I got to go. This AI. Yeah, I'm out. We're doing it live. You see that, that sign on the wall right here? This one? Well, yes. Speed I has never that. killed anyone. Suddenly becoming stationary, that's what gets you. <laughs> Clarkson. <laughs> Quote from Jeremy Clarkson. I love it. So I, I saw that somewhere, and so I... I'm a graphic designer, but but for a living, that's so awesome. I, I like the font. My own. Did you do your font? Is that your font? Oh, you no, that? I okay. own a bunch of fonts, or I license okay. them. I should say. Yeah. All right. What, what's this? Um. So this is a spiritless Kentucky seventy four. It's distilled non alcoholic spirits for bourbon cocktail. I got to be honest with you. Uh, after opening, sip within six months. No need to refrigerate. This has been a year. Except- There's no way I'm going to drink this. <laughs> The last time I drank this was last January. There's no way. No need to refrigerate, but it's going to expire. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, it looks like dirty dish. All I see is this weird dish soap in there. Yeah, there's dish soap in there. Oh, you know, I don't know how to turn off my blare. I don't know how to turn it off. It's in your effects setting. I don't know what that is. Twinkle lights, the twinkle stars. So my dad used to shoot weddings (laughs) way back in the day on film, and he had did some cutting edge stuff. Uh, with filters. Uh, nowadays, we just click buttons on the computer and get mm-hmm. there. Um, but he had one filter that uh, starred, you know, hey, there it is. Uh, <laughs> has, you know, it like put a cross star on candles and lights oh, and things. Yeah. Uh, which was neat. And it, it was like a, it yeah, kind of spun polar. like a polarizer. Yeah. Um, and then he had another one that was just <clears throat> covered in grease. Yep. And the old Vaseline on the lens. Yeah, except yeah. he didn't have Vaseline, so you just wipe your face out in the hot sun and smear that on there. And <laughs> then all of a sudden you have a beautiful... And the effect was gorgeous. Yeah. Star swipe. Uh, Kentucky 74 from a company called mm. Spiritless. I've, I've heard about them. And I see you've used a lot of that. Yeah. That's good. A whole, I'm glad I paid full price for this bottle because uh, I probably just had the one drink. It was like, no. So I, I do find it interesting that the non-alcoholic version, they have to put the entire um, uh, uh, calorie and the, the in, uh, ingredient yeah. and the, yep. the um, uh, nutrition label on there. Yep. Which does not have to belong on liquor, I don't believe. Yeah, it says spiritless, non-alcoholic, oak distillates, water, natural flavors, glycerin, sugar, citric acid, xanthan gum. Ugh. Sodium benzenate and potassium sorbate. Okay, Wes, here we go. <clears throat> We're gonna go down to Costco 
and buy their empty bottle of Jack that they have. Yes. You know, you can buy bar- barrels every now and then. Yeah. Dump some rainwater in there. Yeah. Let it sit for six months, and you just got spiritless. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, I could boil it and call it distilled. <laughs> right. Let it steam up a bit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's perfect. Let it go through the, the, the whole thing. So, yeah, non-alcoholic stuff is... Um, uh, bullshit. Uh, but there's one thing that um, someone mentioned to me that I thought was important. Uh, they would order uh, something non-alcoholic when they go out and drink with people, like at a restaurant. Mm-hmm. Because if it makes other people, they thought, feel awkward if they're drinking. You don't drink? And you don't drink. Mm. It In their mind, they might think, oh, am I, you know, um, am I making them sin? You know, because I'm drinking and they're not, you know, am I being a bad witness or, you know, all these kind of awkward social things. So I know a person who will make, um, will ask the the uh, server, servant, servant, good, racist, Wes, uh, ask the <laughs> waiter to the servant, come servant, fetch me something without spirits. Um, and that would make other people feel more comfortable mm-hmm. and so, I mean, that's that's the one thing I can see. Okay, I get it. Like, if other guys are drinking beers and I'm here with the water, I might feel a little awkward. I'll have a near beer, and then I'll feel bloated, and but I won't feel happy, I guess. So, so there you go. You know, I, I grew up as, you know, in, in a family and, uh, I guess, a culture mm-hmm. um, of not, like, no alcohol at all. <clears throat> at least, no, nothing social. Um was and it a so Christian home? I guess I can see that. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very uh, conservative. Yeah. Pentecostal. Um, yeah. And, you know, to this day, my parents don't drink, and they, you know, they it's not in their house. Um, I don't know what they think about my ever-growing collection. Yeah. <laughs> but most of them are full, so it's more of a... Uh, anyway. Yeah. But, um, you know, I, I never really thought about, well, I'll, I'll have one that looks like it. Um. But I also, you know, as a younger kid, didn't really hang out with people. You know, when I was a young adult, I didn't really hang out with people that that was their their lifestyle either. So sure. we just weren't ever out. We never. I, I don't remember. Like it, clearly, I was in my mid to late twenties, probably the first time I went to a bar. Um, so it wasn't, and even then, I don't even know why. Yeah. <laughs> and and now, like we, my wife and I will go to cool restaurants or bars now when we're out, off, mm-hmm. you know, on an outing or vacation. Um, but that's it. I mean, yeah. Yeah. And forever, I mean, rarely will I order a drink out. And a lot of it is because I don't ever want to have the possible risk of, uh, something happening. Yeah. Yeah. I, or whatever. If I, if I go out and drink, typically, um, I make sure I, we have a DD. Um, sometimes it's me and that's fine. And then other times I have so, like so you just drink and then drive. Perfect, good. Yeah, no, no. I mean, sometimes I'm the, no, 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 no. Sometimes I'm the sometimes I'm the designated driver, the drinking not driver, not perfect. the drunk driver. Sometimes I'm the designated driver, <laughs> Craig. Um, okay. But I have like two breweries and a bar within two blocks of me mm. that I just walk up to and I'll have a beer or something like that. Or if I have my friends, yeah, my friends are home. So like John's in Rhode Island right now, and Max is in Germany. And so I'm not, when they're here, I'm probably drinking more. So it's a good thing right now that I'm doing dry stuff because they're not here. And I kind of planned it that way too. (laughs) 
Because they would be like, hey, you want uh, my, like, Max lives right next door to me. He'll be like, hey, you want, you know, whatever he brought back from Germany. I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, I'll be right over. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I was a youth pastor and uh, Bible teacher for almost a decade. Didn't hang out with people that drank, didn't drink, you know, uh, just wasn't a thing. And, you know, after the kids switched schools and stuff, and I probably had a little bit more after that. And then I just kind of started to enjoy it more as a connoisseur. I mean, my collection here is, you know, not, uh, not empty bottles. It's, they're like, you know, a, a quarter of it's gone maybe. And most of it's cause I share it with people when they come over, I do tastings mm-hmm. with them. So, well, and it's fun because when you kind of get into the the nuance, well, it's art. When you get into the art yeah, of it all, yeah. then it becomes something that's different. And I don't know. It's just like good food, I think. You know, all right, let's take a minute and let's enjoy this thing. Yeah. So, you know, it isn't like, all right, our day sucked. We're going to pound down some. No, that's not. Yeah. What's well, a fantastic science experiment? I mean, the, <laughs> the, how, the how they get from, yeah. you know, a mash of grain to something delicious in your cup is phenomenal and it takes a long time. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a labor of love. I mean, bourbons, bourbons are probably best around five to eight years, anything older. I mean, there's, you know, it's not a big deal. There's not a whole lot of difference. Most of them are usually three years or younger. Scotches usually go to 25. Anything I've actually heard that after 12, you kind of, you, you lose complexity in Scotland. Yeah. Definitely. You do. Probably They're, in the same with, with bourbon as well. Yeah. So, and that magic number is somewhere like around five or eight years, yeah. you know? So, I mean, some people will have a barrel that's aged for 30 years. And that could mean that that person who made that barrel probably didn't live to see it being yeah. used in anything. And people have to think about that. So you know, it's like, oh, wow. I mean, Pappy Van Winkle is an older, um, bourbon that's uh you know a limited it's release which is why find. but that's why is because it's a yeah. limited amount of it you know so if you get into like the four five six thousand dollar bottles it's because it's probably aged so long that there's not much left in the barrel and this is all they get to to bottle with it so well it's just like louis <clears throat> tray you know the, co- the cognac yeah yeah um <clears throat> you know that i just i was at uh total wine mm-hmm. down in uh denton texas a couple of days ago denton. and they, they they had one on the shelf yeah um four thousand forty three hundred bucks like that's cute yeah but if you understand what you're what you're getting because it's not and you know it's all perception sure. really because i don't care what the the liquid is it ain't worth forty three hundred bucks i mean it's like it's like some, you know, Wagyu A5 yeah. steak. Yeah. Is it worth 1000 bucks a pound? <laughs> Probably not. Yeah. Um, it's a flex. Know. Yeah, totally. And we're poorsies, so we don't get to flex like that. <laughs> right, I know. It'd be fun just to do it. But if, if I'm going to do that kind of spending, I want a jet. Yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, absolutely. There's cameras that I would rather have. <laughs> oh, geez. Tell me. There's a lens I'd like that just came out with. Oh yeah, uh, we can talk about that later. But, yeah, we can. Uh, but but Louis Trey, um, if you believe the story they tell, which it is marketing, mm-hmm. um, the glass they put the the bottle. If you go look it up, the Louis Trey decanter is this oval shaped thing with it looks like a hand custom blown glass, and I think it is. Um, but you're buying 
potentially hundreds of years worth of work. Yeah. Maybe thousands because uh, probably not thousands, but hundreds of years, definitely. Um, and it's pulled from bottle or from barrels that have been sitting in these huge wherever for decades and decades and decades, centuries. Yeah. yeah. Um, now you're not getting much of it, but that adds to the complexity. And so I think if you understand that, then you're buying more of the. St- it's like going to Whole Foods and buying chicken. What are you buying? Well, this chicken's name was Henry. Yeah. And Henry yeah. loved to go out and peck the grass, and you know, every time when the sun came uh, up, he was there. That's why you buy. You buy the story. Yeah. It's true. It's true. Were you down in Denton with that doing that photo shoot that you you actually put that photo on Instagram, right? The cowboy. Uh, one? I did put a picture of uh, Bob Tallman on. The Instagram. Uh, I was down there to finish a uh, commercial job I'm working on with a client, uh, building their website and putting, we did all their staff, all their project managers from around the country. Um, They're a huge electrical firm and they do, uh, I think they've got people in, I don't know, 20 states or something. So they all came in and so it just made sense for us to go down and uh, photograph their staff when they're all together for training. So. Nice. Uh, we did that. Um, I was there in November for the first batch. The bulk of them were there, but there were several that couldn't make it. So then we went back down uh, last week to get the rest of them. Fantastic. Uh, so that was that. And then I um, met up with my other friend who then we started this <clears throat> potential. Started weird, talking. This, this weird uh, bourbon show. Whiskey Rebellion. We yeah, whi- Rebellion. <laughs> Very Texan, by the way. <laughs> right. Hey, I didn't. He came up with it. Come and um, take it. That should be your t- right. tagline. <laughs> it <should> be. <laughs> uh, but then I, I've been working for about two years because Bob Tallman was on the show back. I think mm. episode fifty something. Love that one. On the interview. Good uh, lord, cool I want to meet this dude oh, so badly. And so did I. Yeah. Um, and I had I have only talked to him on the phone. We've never been face to face ever. And the weird thing about it is. Back two years ago, whenever it was, um, see, I grew up, and you, you listened to the first one, so you kind of get the backstory. I grew up with uh, going to rodeo in the 80s in Roseburg, Oregon, at the Umpqua Valley Roundup, which was our big rodeo. Um, and he was, you know, this is 30-some years ago, he was the announcer on horseback. And he is a wordsmith like nobody else. It's incredible. Yeah. His ability to paint a picture with his voice is insane. And what a voice. Oh, um, and his old stuff is great. I've got some old, old audio from like my mom's video camera that she had back in the eighties filming the rodeo. <clears throat> so we have some of that old footage that we, we got, which is cool. Um, but you know, I reached out, wanted to interview him back then and nothing, 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 nothing. And then all of a sudden I reached out to his uh, lady again and she's like, Oh, I forgot to ask him. Let me ask him about five minutes later, my phone rings and it's a, a Texas number. So I answer it. And it's instantly I'm back mm. to a 10-year-old kid. That's awesome. And that guy is on the phone on the <clears> other <throat> side Love it. talking to me. And it was so cool. So from that point, he's like, well, can you do it right now? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I can. Give me 15 minutes to go run into the studio and get set up uh, and boom, to plug my phone in. Yeah. Um, and so then ever since then, <clears> you know, we were going to do more. I wanted to have been down to Fort Worth several times. He lives in Weatherford, um, mm-hmm. but he's all over the country. And. I just had the opportunity. Um, I was like two or three times I was down there and he, he's like, yeah, you know, get a hold of me. One time we were going to go to his ranch and interview there, which would have been awesome. And then he's like, oh, I can't move my backs out. I got to go to the doctor. Oh, crap. Okay. 
So then this time I'm like, like a month ago, I was like, all right, I'm going to be down there because we were going to do it in November. I wanted it in November. Mm -hmm. And he's like, ah, are you going to be in Vegas for the big NFR? I was like, crap, should I be? Like, I can't be if I need to be. (laughs) He's like, I don't want you coming here for me. Like, well, I might. Um, But then he's like, when are you coming back to Texas? Well, I think in January we've got this other job. I'll let you know. He's like, cool. Let me know. We'll be down there, and, you know, for the Fort Worth Stock Show and Rodeo that started last weekend. Um, so uh, I got a hold of him about three weeks ago, and he's like, ah, oh, I got the stuff. Sunday should work. And mm-hmm. of course, you know, skeptical, just a hair, only because I've never met the guy. I've only talked to him on the phone like five or six times, and it's weird because he'll call me. It's like, hey, how's it going? Talk for half an hour. Weird. Yeah. Um, he likes cool you. Guy. He Super likes cool you, guy. Craig. Right. You got a buddy. And so uh, it turns 13 degrees in Fort Worth yeah. on Saturday. Yeah. It's like, oh, what are we doing? So he's like, all right, tomorrow I've got this thing from, this is on Saturday. He's like, come tomorrow. Uh, I got this thing from noon to, I think, 4. should be done around 4 or 4.30. He's like, give me a call about 4.30. So he calls me about 4.25. He's like, all right, where are you at? Um, at my hotel. So he kind of figures out where we are. All right, go to I-30, go to this exit. You're going to go down this road and turn right, and then you'll go through this gate. They're, they know you're coming. Just tell them where you're going. And then you come around here, keep driving around the grass. It's like, I have no idea where I'm at. So I looked it up on a map, found it, and then go in there. Uh, he's got this huge Class A motorhome that he's in. And he, he runs, uh, he sells beef, like Angus beef. Oh, and does so he do stuff with uh, Texas Slim? No, I'm not yet. And it's, mm. I'm trying to get that connection. Yeah. Beef Initiative would be an awesome connection for him mm-hmm. because he's all about direct to consumer. Like mm-hmm. they butcher 60, I think, okay. 60 cows a year, direct box to local <clears throat> buyer, local people, uh, which is awesome. Yeah. So then we go in there. My wife's with me and he's just like grandpa. So cool. Mm. We're there three hours. He just sat there and he just chatted on. So. I got to edit that that down into a. I'm sure there's great stories in that one. Show, oh, it's it's great. Yeah, um, you know, because what I really wanted to dig into with him because you know he's 70. I want to say 72. He said he's been doing rodeo announcing for 50, almost 60 years. Wow, that's a long time. That's a long time. And he's still to this day like because every year at the. Uh, in Vegas at the National Finals Rodeo, they give away their announcer of the year award. There's five guys that get up there, and there's only guys at this point, but um, five of them. He's always up there as one of them because mm-hmm. he's been the announcer of the year forever. Mm-hmm. Um, and the young boys are young boys. The young guys are getting it. And they're in their th- in late 20s, early 30s. Mm-hmm. Uh, Garrett Yerrigan's one of them. He, uh, yeah, I had him on my show probably about a year ago now. Um, great, great guy. Uh, he was at two years in a row this year. Another young guy uh, named Anthony Lucia got it. And it's cool because Bob Tallman's up there with him. And the minute he doesn't win and this other kid wins, he runs over to him, gives him a hug, says, you're awesome. Good, good work. Yep. Sorry. Way. So, yeah. So what I wanted to know <clears throat> is what's your legacy? Mm. You know, and he's like, these, these, these are my legacy. Mm-hmm. And it's true. It's fascinating. That's sweet. That's sweet. That, that's why I was down there. They don't make them like that anymore. No. They, yeah. they don't. It's I weird. know. It is they weird. They really don't. It really is. What got you interested in uh, doing an interview podcast? I like figuring out what makes people tick. Mm. 
and I'm kind of weird enough to <laughs> sit there and let people talk. <laughs> and, and ask you know, awkward I, questions. Kind of. And, yeah. and sit there and be quiet for a minute. Yeah. Be a listener. I, I, I go back and listen to my, you know, over the years, I'll listen to the interviews I've done. And most of the time, I want to just reach through and smack me. <laughs> it's like, shut up. That was not appropriate. Be quiet. Be, let them talk. Mm-hmm. So... It is very deliberate now. Like, I, I want a good question. I want to get there. And I want a question that they haven't, um, that they haven't thought about. Yeah. And if I can ask them something that makes them go, hmm, no, no one's ever asked me that before. That, that's a win. That's what I was struck by. So the first podcast of yours that I listened to, your first interview that I listened to was Adam Curry's. Mm-hmm. And I love that. I think I told you right away. Mm-hmm. Um, and I... I think I just contacted you out of the blue and said that was probably like the best Adam Curry interview I've ever heard because it was questions that were about Adam Curry, not about podcasting or MTV. Really. It was just about the person, Adam Curry, really not the legend, the myth, whatever. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I felt like the the hair, yeah, the hair, yeah, the hair. (laughs) And I thought that's a great, this is a great interview because most of the time when I listen to, you know, they, uh, Joe Rogan is what got me in the door to no agenda <clears throat> with Adam Curry. Really? Yeah. I listened. I was, Oh, I was uh, listening so you're to newish. Yeah. Well, 20 right before COVID. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That was right. Right. When, um, uh, Osterholm was coming on. Yeah, yes. It was right before Michael. That's right. And, mm-hmm. uh, and I remember, uh, going, oh, God, there's nothing to listen to. Like I was so bored. And most of my job as a property manager is I'm working by myself doing, tasks painting or pressure washing or fixing bulbs and stuff and and i thought well here's adam curry i remember this guy i listened to him on headbangers ball i'll see what he's up to and as soon as he started talking about no agenda i went and looked it up and i was hooked i was like this is it this is (laughs) where i want to now get all of my news forever and ever and ever and ever because they were saying all the things that I've been thinking and I thought, well, this is great. And then as I started listening to more interviews, people like the conspiracy, Adam, they like MTV, Adam, uh, podcasting, Adam. Uh, but I thought your interview really got to just the person, Adam, I thought it was really, really well done. And well, that's what got me hooked on listening to your stuff. And I started asking you like, what should I listen to next? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just because I'm, uh, I'm delinquent. <laughs> sucked and that and actually i was i um i've you know gotten to know adam a bit and so we've had some some dinners together down mm-hmm. in fredericksburg um and he, he told me he's like yeah interview shows suck because the show relies on a guest yeah you know and so get, keeping that up and going is difficult and i'm actually that's why the last one i did was october Mm-hmm. It was Mike Rounds, which is the center of ours. We had a great opportunity to sit in his home. It was a good interview. You pressed him. I, see, I don't think I did. That's no, you pressed I, him enough so where many... he felt uncomfortable, and I was kind of like, oh, <laughs> shoot. <laughs> well, I, that was good. See, his chief of staff is a good friend of mine, so we've mm. got uh, good communication with him now. But yeah. um, it was interesting because afterward I asked the, his deputy chief of staff was there um, coordinating the whole thing. We did a photo shoot with his family, and then... I got to interview him. Um, so it was kind of fun just to be with him for several hours. And afterward, I said, he left the room and I said, 
was I too hard on him? And she's like, oh, no, I would have pushed him a lot harder if it were mm. me. He's like, okay, good to know. <laughs> uh, next time, when we can ever, ever come back. Yeah. Um, but what I want to know is what makes people, like, what, what makes you think? Uh, Bill Federer, he's a historian. I had him on. If you want to listen to that one, it's fascinating. I'm probably going um, to now. Cool, cool old guy. Um, written a bunch of books, been all over. Uh, he's very, very well read on socialism. Kind of, you know, the whole... You know, why socialism d- doesn't really work. Mm-hmm. Uh, he can lay out historically why it doesn't work. It's just haven't been done right yet, dude. I don't know why people keep saying it doesn't work. <laughs> I know. It's weird. Because <laughs> every every time you get into it, it turns right to communism. I, so I don't know why. Jeez. What's, the, what's that problem? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really just figuring out who people are. And the first, I started this whole idea back in 2000. Well, I started 2016 was really when I began uh, talking to people. Um, we filmed a documentary about our community. And in that, I found a bunch of people from here that, geez, I didn't know they were that impactful in the, around the world. I mean, there's some really high end, I don't know their names right now. It's been too long. Um, really influential medical doctors doing some crazy things that grew up in this town. Um, Tommy John, you wear Tommy John underwear by yeah. chance? No, I don't, but I know the uh, name. <laughs> The building I'm in, his family used to own. Oh, really? Um, yeah. He's uh, from a native of our town here. Um, Kaylin DeBoer, mm-hmm. your uh, <clears throat> lovely coach for the Huskies. He's from here. POS. Uh, there's just a crazy amount of... That's fine. <laughs> um, crazy. I want to I wanna get him on the show, so I'm not going to say that yet. Yeah. Um, but it, it's just wild. So I figured, you know what? There's a lot of people from here that have impact around the world. And so I'd like to talk to them. Yeah. So then I really kept it narrow if you had a connection to our town here. Uh, and then 2019 came about. I had the chance to meet um, my photography icon, like the guy that I wanted to be. Still oh, Grimes. Um, Joel Grimes, yeah. Mm-hmm. Awesome guy. So I got a chance to meet him in 19, and then uh, we had dinner together and talked for hours. Um, and then just stayed connected, and I told my wife it was right it was after the COVID world, so 2020, uh, and I told her, I said, I wanna, I'm going to expand this podcast to be anyone. Um, so he's the first one I reached out to. And he said, uh, you know, I've turned everyone else down lately. I'm, I'm, I'm ready to get back into, you know, talk to someone. So, yeah, when are we doing it? Uh, three hours later, where it was great. Um, then from there, I just started reaching out to people on the, uh, the social medias. Mm-hmm. Um, Glenn Dewis, you ever heard of him? Mm-hmm. He's a, um, phenomenal. Like I, I learned about him probably 10 years ago, uh, because he had YouTube tutorials on Photoshop. It's like, cool. He's from Europe somewhere in England. Um, and so I reached out to him, got him on cool dude. Uh, Unmesh Dinda. He's from India. He is uh picks imperfect on YouTube. Um, fantastic. Um, Adobe, um, like explainer you know, okay. videos are, yeah. are deep dives into Adobe, but it doesn't away. He's got a cool accent. He's just a great young kid. Yeah. Uh, really polished. And like Adobe now, like he speaks at Adobe max. I mean, Scott Kelby. That's sort of like big him. conference, right? Oh yeah. I yeah, remember doc, your interview with doc Brown. He was talking about that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <clears throat> Which is also was a great document. What a fascinating dude that guy is. No kidding. And then I get to spend, you know, an entire week, as his driver driving around the Black Hills of South Dakota back Bro. this last July. Blessed. Uh, so insane. And he's like, you know what? We got 
He says, all right, I'm done with where we're at. So uh, we got a couple options. We can go into the Badlands and rent a helicopter and fly around the Badlands. Uh, or we can check out of my room here and go to Rushmore and rent a helicopter around Rushmore. Uh, I'll do whatever you want to do, Russ. <laughs> <laughs> you say the word. So it's kind of cool. We got to go uh, wander about. And, and the sucky part is um, our flight wasn't as, I mean, a helicopter, you should be able to stop and sit there for a minute. Our pilot was either um, not allowed to do that or wanted to be done. I don't know. So, oh, you had a bad uh, pilot. She, really, she was nice, but I didn't feel like we got the, the aerial views. Yeah. Yeah. that we could have gotten. Uh, I still got some pretty cool pictures. You can dig around back from July on my Instagram yeah. uh, and find a few. <clears throat> so, but from there, I just have had people um, trying to get John Cooper right now from Skillet. Oh, with his, uh, nice. His agent, um, Jackson Robinson. He's still one of my favorite conversations I had uh, from a couple of years ago. King's Wild Project. He's a designer of playing cards. Uh, cool dude. Really, oh. really cool guy. Okay. Um, and then, you know, Bob Heil, again, one of my favorites. He's the inventor of these microphones I use. Um, he's the reason we have big concert sound. That's awesome. Like, he, he, he did it with uh, the Grateful Dead back in the 60s, I think. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. yeah. He's the reason. And then You're going to have to text who, me all these names so I can listen to these, by the way. <laughs> the Who. Um, and th- the story's pretty funny about the Grateful Dead. Uh, I guess at the Fox Theater in, I believe it's St. Louis, uh, they had pulled out their huge these huge, I don't know what they were, 16-foot speakers they pulled out, replaced them. And Bob's like, I want them. What are you going to do with those? So he took them. Um, and then I think the Fox Theater called him one day and said, um, I got a guy here that, that needs some sound. Do you still have those speakers that you pulled out of here? And he's like, yeah. He's like, all right, let me talk to him. It was Garcia. Grateful mm. day. He's like, what do you got? Mm-hmm. We need stuff. Because I think the story goes, if I recall it properly, um, it was Louis, somewhere in Louisiana. Might have been New Orleans. Um, they were down there, and their sound guy was not supposed to leave California oh. for some legal reason. <laughs> so apparently the feds found him, yeah. caught up to oh, him the on feds. the tour. <laughs> After the show, um, come with us. And they took him in the van. Back to Texas. So the the band shows up in St. Louis uh, with no gear, other than their guitars, I guess. Yeah. So they anyway. So it worked out. Bob finished the tour with them, made it work. Um, the Who then came over some years later. I don't know how many uh, to play. I think in I want to say it was new in New York, and they brought a sound system that you would do like a high school gym with, and they're playing like uh, I don't know if it was. Um, the oh geez what's the the garden um in tech in, in uh new york um yeah the garden geez. uh yeah well they uh, call it the garden yeah what's it called i don't I know this. nick's play there yeah yeah mm-hmm. okay uh, Times square no i don't know what it is no um, anyway and so he fixed them <laughs> and then all of a sudden did their tour so he did their whole show built mixers and systems for them nice um joe walsh good friend of his he's like i need a microphone that i can shove right in front of a, of a monitor and it doesn't uh doesn't feedback. Nice. He's like, because they're ham radio guys. Yeah. He's like, you know, when you're working with ham, you can flip phase and you can all of a sudden talk to the West Coast. You flip your phase, you're talking to the East Coast. 
And he's like, why can't you do that with a microphone? So they go down and start farting around with stuff, and Bob's digging around, and he figures out, all right, if we do that, so we put a, ca- a reverse-facing capsule in this microphone, um, then it will cancel out. So this is a PR35, no, PR40 that I'm using. PR35 was the one they built. Um, so inside here, there's a face forward-facing element that you talk into. <coughs> Sirius XM just upgraded all their studios to these things um, a couple of years ago. And then if you turn around backward and you talk into the back of it, you lose. Um, I mean, yeah, you can hear me sort of. Yeah. But it's not much. Yeah. I mean, I'm right here talking to the back of this microphone. If I go to the front, all of a sudden it's there. Yeah. So what they did, there's a rear-facing capsule that's flipped out of phase. And he said you get 40 decibels of rear rejection. So you can put a speaker right here, and it's not going to come in to your microphone. Love it. So cool, dude. Cool, dude. He was 80 when I talked to him a couple years ago. That's fantastic. That's history, though. That's history. Oh, it's wonderful. Yeah. Well, uh, it sounds like uh, a lot of times when you meet people to interview, if you meet them face-to-face, you also do portraits or you'll do family portraits. Do you do that pro bono as part of thank you for being on my podcast? Or on my no, interview? What, what it is, is I'm like, I need a picture of you to post. So I would like to take it uh, or you can have one. So, yeah. you know, so if I'm there. Yeah. Um, and that's why I like, there's a picture. What did I send you of Bob? The last one I just did. It was the two I, of you. I, I just sent the one of us. Yeah. Yeah. It was the so, two of you. The one on your Instagram is just uh, you. It's just well, no, or it's him. Just him. Yeah. Just him. Yeah. It's just because he was sitting there um, talking to my wife and I thought, oh, that's a cool shot. Yeah. You guys um, are shaking hands. Yeah. But I'm just sending you. You're beaming. Um, yeah. And I don't know. If you put it, I don't know. Yeah, it was cool. It's like, yeah. Nice dude. I don't know if you put these in the show notes, but you're certainly, certainly welcome. Oh, I will. Want to. Yeah. Um, but. Uh, so, yeah, this and this is the one that I. I want to be a cool old guy like that. I know. I know. That's almost a street photography photo right there, buddy. Well, that, and, that last uh, yeah, one. you would like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because I was. It's I was candid and it's my, secret. Yeah. I was putting my gear away because that's in his RV and he's sitting at the table and I was over by the couch with my camera bag mm-hmm. on the floor. Mm-hmm. And so I, I just looked up at him. And I was like, oh, the light's perfect. Everything's there. So I just tipped the camera up, shot it and put it away. Yeah. It's nice. Yeah. I like it. The color's good too. Yeah, it was fun. That's again, well, this new R5, man, I'm telling you. Yeah. I am such a fan of this stupid camera. It's wonderful. Well, let's talk about that. You and I share a passion Mm -hmm. Uh, not just for podcasting, um, but also for photography. So is photography, photography is your first thing, right? That's, that's the moneymaker that pays the bills. Mm -hmm. Yep. That is my primary function. All right. So how'd you get into photography? (laughs) Like what drove that passion is, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll narrow the question down. What, what drove you to finally go or for one day to go, Oh, what is this thing? And then take pictures and go, I think I really like this is a thing I want to do. I, I would like to say that I had some aha moment and mm-hmm. all the capturing moments and all the things, which, you know, a picture is the one thing we get to take history with us. Mm-hmm. It really is. Mm-hmm. Like the, the past comes along with us <clears throat> in images. Yeah. Now, or written. Now, we've lost that art in our society today. Uh, it's still there, kind of, but we don't have the same written word archive mm. that. They did a hundred years ago. Yeah. 200 years ago. Um, pictures are our one link to the past. Mm-hmm. I've got one old guy that comes in about every six months and he brings in several old pictures he needs duplicated for people. 
Mm. And it's stuff of him in the army, him as a kid, his grand, you know, just old things. And he, he is in tears mm. when we reproduce it for him. He's like, I love that. I cannot believe now I've got this. It's safe. Yeah. And it's so cool. So, um, my dad shot as a side hobby. I mean, he got paid a little bit, but it was not by any means a, uh, a career. Uh, he used to shoot weddings and senior pictures mm-hmm. with film. Mm-hmm. And he did some cutting edge things with, you know, retouching. He, mm-hmm. You know, you get the print, then you spray it with some sort of opener and it opens the paper up and then you pencil draw and touch up and then you spray it back to seal it. Uh, he did some of that stuff, but I was never, I never got into that at all. Um, I got a, at some point he gave me a, a film camera and I farted around. I had a low rider truck with an airbrushed hood and... Nice. So I photographed, you know, I photographed some of that just for fun. Um, I have some. It's silly when I look at it. You know, they're prints. Of course, doubles, because that's what you get. With yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. You get the duplicate. Mm-hmm. Um, at the Kodak Lab. Yes, oh, it was, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was, I think it was called the Picture Machine was the company. Oh, yeah, yeah. Where we were. That's funny. Um, <clears throat> so in 2003, I went to Africa, Uganda, for two weeks. Uh, that's actually where I met my wife the first time. Um, long story. Uh, great story, but it's kind of our our meeting is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, then I wanted to go back, and so I talked to the mission over there, and they're like, yeah, we always need bodies, so absolutely. I had a commercial license so I could drive um, over there. So I, as a gift to for going the second time my dad bought me the very first digital rebel that canon <laughs> i think it had four or six megapixels mm-hmm. um plastic body i mean it was yeah looking at it now junk yeah it not detachable big. lens right it, they oh, no were... it did yeah no it, it was the first slr it, it was there oh it had an first S- oh, digital okay, okay. Uh, slr i thought the rebel didn't have a detachable i'm thinking some bridge camera or something i guess mm, maybe. but they might have made yeah um so it was the very first one of those uh, I took that in an a, a inexpensive, I think a Tamron um, zoom lens. Mm-hmm. So there was the kit lens. It was like, a, I don't know, 17 to 24 or something mm-hmm. um, that was, you know, not very wide uh, or not very fast. So then did that, went over there. I was there for about five months. I lived in Uganda and shot a bunch of pictures. Um, kind of liked it. It was fun. You know, I got to do stuff. But what I realized is I was good on the computer. I understood the, oh, okay. the digital side. Yeah. So the, the Photoshop world, like that's mm-hmm. where I, I was, I loved. So I would shoot knowing, thinking what I'm going to do with it later. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, so, so I didn't, I didn't really start as I love taking pictures as much as I love creating things and I can do that, you know, but now I know. And so I'm going to Africa in two weeks to yeah. my oldest son. I'm excited there, for you. Um, 20 years later mm-hmm. for me with my kid it's really cool um but now i have 20 years of experience mm-hmm. with a camera i have brand new technology brand new gear yeah and so my head is like what am i going to do now mm-hmm. because i now have skill that i didn't have back then yeah um and uh the mission we're going with my 360 project.org i think that's what it's called things.org um they're like yeah no one ever comes with you know, the intent to photograph or film. And I'm like, I've got all my gear. What do you need? Hmm. We're going to go get what you need. So awesome. now they're, they're thinking, all right, now we have ideas. Yeah. Uh, and then the lady's like, I'm sure you, you, you could probably come up with something too. Um, but here's some things that I'm thinking. 
great. And then I, th- I want to think the founder of the group is going to come in the end of February. Um, it, it, it's, if, if he's not there, it's going to be the lady that runs it from the state side. Um, she's there for sure. Uh, and they're like, yeah, we want stuff from this thing we're going to go do and this thing. And, uh, it's going to be pretty fantastic. Yeah, I'm excited for you. I'm really excited for you. Yeah. So what do you think? A lot of landscapes or a lot of... I don't, I don't know. Mm. Um, I, the lady that we're going to be with um, and staying with at the guest house and doing all the, the actual work with at the build center they have, um, she was there 20 years ago when my wife and I were there. Yeah. Oh, cool. And so she's like, you're going to be um, surprised at what has changed and what hasn't changed mm, mm. in 20 years. Yeah. So I, I'm, it's going to be interesting yeah. to see where that is. And then we're, we're going to go on safari so we can go out. and. That's awesome. You, know, you got to do that. You're in country. Sure. Yeah, you're there. Why not? Well, and you can do a lot of stuff with the new uh, generative AI that Adobe has as well. So. Oh, yeah, I, but see, I don't have to go then. Yeah. What are you talking about? <laughs> no, no. You can no, add you to it. It's it's kind of yeah. a cool opportunity for you, I, I think. Is, in, in in a lot of ways, not just mm-hmm. in film, but yeah, yeah that's great. I, I I will say the generative AI is or the generative fill. Yeah, that they have fill yeah. is cool, but mostly useless in a professional setting. Yeah. That's what I found. It's fun. It's, it's fun. Now I I've used it. Mm-hmm. Um. For one commercial job, uh, commercial. I mean, it wasn't like a corporate job. It was for a, a customer. Yeah. Um, but I needed to to add back the top of someone's head, just mm-hmm. like barely. Oh. <laughs> and I thought, you know, how this is gonna work? So I just I'm gonna try it. So I expanded the top of the canvas uh-huh. by about a half an inch, just to see what it would do. And it added the top of that kid's head. Yeah. And it looked. I mean, from from a distance, it was, wow. Yeah. You zoom into pixels does not look good. <laughs> but so no one's pixel had, popping most of those photos in. No, but but I mean to the point where resolution doesn't even match. Yeah. Oh. Like so that that's something they need to figure out is if I've got a, you know, 45 megapixel image I'm working on, your your generation needs to be mm. at least the same pixel dimension. Yeah, I'm surprised it doesn't catch on to that. Like it doesn't know cuz you can put it right right in there in Photoshop like you can well actually in your camera information in Adobe you can say what you what lens what camera well, it, it brings it all with it it's all built into the yeah, image yeah 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 it has all that it's, data so i'm surprised it doesn't doesn't see, connect the two content aware fill does <clears throat> that's what's irritating oh. cuz that's actually just taking from the image itself yeah. and bringing pieces together and gotcha. meshing them yeah. but when it's generating um, small stuff. I actually submitted a, a piece of art to uh, No Agenda today. Nice. Um, Is that your first time, was, or have you oh, done no, before? I've got, I've got like ninety pieces. Oh, do you? <laughs> I got selected once, Wes. Once I got picked one time, so I got. You're on the list. My cap. That's right. Um, so I'm interested to see what they say. But there, there was a the sky needed to keep going just so I could add stuff, uh, and so I thought oh, I'll try it. But that resolution is perfect because. It matched, yeah, because you know, that was small enough, three thousand pixels square, whatever. Yeah, so it wasn't a big deal. Awesome, yeah. I never got into Photoshop. I've tried. Ugh. Um, it just the way I take photos doesn't lend itself to a lot of s- control for me. Like things aren't very static, I guess you could say. So it's it's capturing things on the fly, and I kind of like I do most of my stuff in camera, and a few things in Lightroom. Um, but for the most part, I don't I don't mess with my my photos. So if I didn't get the photo 
mostly in camera. It sits on a hard drive, never to be seen again until I, one day I'm like, I got to go through these and junk a bunch of these things. <laughs> but I have a hard time throwing away a lot of those photos because I don't know. Maybe in like five years, I'm going to look back and go, oh, oh, I could do something with this this way. And I've played with it with some photos on Photoshop. I just, I don't know, for some reason, I just, um, it doesn't feel like what I'm going for with street photography. So I'm going for candid and yeah. and real. Mm-hmm. And that's going to come from your glass. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. And, and, and your angles. So yep. that's where you're going to get that. Um, the way I, I think of Photoshop is like walking into a fully furnished wood shop with, and you know, when you walk into a wood shop that's fully furnished and clean, everything's tidy and put away. It is absolutely useless. <laughs> the moment I bring in a pile of wood yeah. with a plan and I know all the tools are there when I need them, yeah. that that's Photoshop. Photoshop is absolutely useless. Just like Lightroom. It's useless until you tell it what to do. Yeah. So th- that's kind of how I look at it. So, you know, I, I mean, I grew up, I don't know, we had a, I think a dot matrix printer, yeah, yeah. you know, the, 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 uh, the torn off edges, yep. you know, on the side yeah. and we had, uh, was it banner maker? I don't remember what it was. Oh yeah. And so we'd make banners and they were so cool. Look at this drop shadow. Look at this. I can make it look 3d. It's blue and yeah. horrible print. Yeah. Not the point. I can now print 14 feet of banner. <laughs> yeah. Look what I did. So that we, as kids, we would do that. Yeah. My mom farted around in Photoshop forever. I mean, that, so I kind of grew up with her messing with it there. Yeah. So that was kind of the, the start for me. When I was in Africa for five months in 2004, um, I had the creative suite. I think it was like four, mm-hmm. CS4. No, oh, when you can buy it standalone. Yeah, you have yep. to it, was a, it was a box. My dad got it because he was in college, and so yeah. we paid nothing oh, yeah, for yeah, it. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, student edition. Yep. And so I did, I don't know, made some cool things. You know, brought pictures together and, mm. you know, blended them and meshed them together. and uh, It was cool. So that that was kind of the intro to that when I got back. Um, and I was like, yeah, I think I could do this. Yeah. I, I looked at sound engineering school. Mm-hmm. 60 grand for an 18-month program. Wow. Ouch. Wow. This is back in 2002. Um, I looked at culinary school because mm-hmm. I love to cook. I looked at beauty school because I, you know, creative. I guess I could do that too. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and so I did neither of those and then started a photography business because I could figure out how to make things. Yeah. As a creative person, do you ever feel, do, is there always something more Like, do you always feel like I want to do more? I want to learn something else. I want to learn this other thing. I want to, I want to keep going. I want to keep, I want to like, okay, yeah, this is great. And I can do this, but what about this? And you just go after that. Like little pet projects, you know, other things. See, that's one thing I learned from Joel Grimes. He's like, you need to have personal projects Mm -hmm. always. And I've never really been good at that. Mm. So, so that, that is something. And what I found, the thing that I'm, that I think I'm good at is I make money with um, is stuff that I started doing 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. I'm just good at it now. Yeah. Yeah. You, and yeah, I, yeah. I was telling my wife, I was like, I don't feel like it's just on our trip to Texas this last week. I said, I don't feel like I've got like this cut, new cutting edge thing. 
I just am really polished at these things. Yeah. And so in order for me to grow, I have to now branch out yeah. because I have skill definitely in these elements, these areas. Um, but now it has to get known. Cause one thing I've found is it's not how good you are. It's who, you know, yep. cause I know people that are just, they have the yes. contracts they get are incredible. And I look at the work and I'm like, I, I do this every day. Yeah. I just don't know that person to get, to get that door. Yep. Open. Yep. Yep. It is. It does end up being who, you know, Yeah. I learned that in the yeah. corporate world early on in life. I was like, I could do better than that guy right there. Why, why is he getting all that? Because he knows the guy. He knows the guy. That's why. It's like, man, I got to go know people. So now, Wes, <laughs> because of this stupid podcast I, I have now, I know you. Yeah. Which is pretty fascinating. That's great. Am I? I don't think I am. No, it, it, it kind of blows my mind, <laughs> if you think about it, that like we would not be in this conversation today. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Well, it's a, it's a cool community. Mm-hmm. Um. It's, uh, I only got into this because, uh, listening to no agenda, I was kind of like, okay, I'm listening to all the things that they use. And I started pricing them out. I was like, I can invest in that. Time is probably my biggest mm-hmm. commodity. So yeah. if I can put in the time and now I'm at a place where we're producing the podcast would take me a couple of hours to get everything together and stuff like that. I'm done in an hour and a half and I got newsletter written. I got chapters done. I got all that stuff. I got, I got a whole process that I spend an hour and a half doing and I can schedule it to be pumped out on Monday. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it just, just took the time just to do all that stuff. But I really enjoy, you know, meeting people. I enjoy, I mean, we're, I got all kinds of people that I talk to on Instagram now that I would never meet before. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then, like the photography part. I mean, even though we share the the podcasting, I mean, I'd love to sit offline and just talk photography because it's it's another side passion of mine that I want to get better at. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's such a niche that I'm in, um, which I enjoy. But I'm I'm so I, I kind of want to take learn more about portraits and lighting and incorporate some of that understanding into street photography so I can, so I can see things that I don't think I'm seeing right now for street photography. It's, it's trying to capture that moment, but you're also looking for it too. And and you have to train your brain to look at things coming together, juxtaposition, shadows and lights and colors and people wearing things and making faces. And you have to, so I would go down to like our, farmer's market down in the West Seattle junction. And I'll walk around and I'll just stop in one place and I'll just sit there for like 15 minutes. and I'll just look at people. I'll just people watch. And I'm just trying to like get a handle on, is there, is there a way that I could stand in a place and get that particular look? If I hold my camera, you know, from the hip, um, like, so I'll go, I'll spend a whole Sunday or Saturday walking around and just shooting from the hip. And learning how to level my camera and stuff like that, just so I can get those sneaky picks, you know, yeah. where, you know, the, the you want candid, you don't want the person noticing mm-hmm. that you're taking the photo sometimes and stuff like that. So I'm always, and I just want to get better at it. So I'm always trying to ask other people if I like them. I'll even, I've contacted all kinds of great people on Instagram be like, how did you get that shot? Like, what did you do differently there? Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you a lot of, a lot of street photographers also use Photoshop. And for me, that kind of disappoints me. 
only because they got the the shadow and this light and stuff that I'm like, oh man, how'd you get that? They're like Photoshop, dude. And I'm like, no, <laughs> I thought you were there. But that bums but me out. <laughs> why? Why? What is it about that that makes you think a little bit less about that image? Because uh, I looked behind the curtain, I I saw the wizard behind the curtain, and that bummed me out because I I'd like the idea that he was out there, and like 90% of what he shot was that. And then if I saw like the raw image, it's, it's not, he added all kinds of shadow and made it more than it was that made it more of a dynamic picture. Um, so that to me, cause I, if you look at like Isn't early, that what makes it art though? Ah, yes, I know. I understand. This is a personal preference. Uh, I'm not, I'm not going to ever <laughs> tell anyone how they should art. Um, it's a personal preference for me because I like the, the rawness of the moment. Um, like if you, if I go out and I use film, I have a couple Canon a ones. If I go out and use these Canon a ones, I like them, uh, because I can't, I can, I can, I can send it someplace and get them on USB and then I can manipulate them in Lightroom, but only to a point if I wanted to, but it forces me that, okay, I only got like 18, 24 shots. Um, I'm not using, they don't make really good film, negative film anymore, color film. So if I pick up a black and white and stuff, it's like, okay, now I really got to focus on shadow and light. And so I'm, I'm trying to think in, in all those ways. Cause I don't want to, I don't want to manipulate a thing that I captured in a way that I wanted to capture it originally. Does that make sense? Does that make sense to you? If there was no process. Yeah called the dark room no, I, with film yeah, yeah. Th th then i would agree with you so well yeah, i know lots of people if, if, if i'm looking at stuff, yeah. if i'm looking at an empty piece of paper mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden i use you know ai or photoshop and then i create something that is not a photograph that is something else yeah. it's art but it's not a photograph but if i go out there and i capture the light reflecting off all the stuff in that scene mm -hmm. and it gets burned into the sensor and then I open it up in a dark room, just like they would with film. And I can dodge and burn. Yep. yep, yep. Per se, mm -hmm. which is how you ever heard of Ansel Adams? Yes. I mean, oh, that yeah. dude, that was not in camera. No, I mean, no. a lot of it may have been. Yeah. It's dark room work. Yeah. That's where the art happens. That so I understand. How is, how is that different than Photoshop? Uh, I guess in my mind, Photoshop seems like it, it adds more that doesn't need to be there. Like lighting and stuff is fine to manipulate in my mind. This is, this is Wes. This is Wes's mind. This isn't anyone else's mind. <laughs> uh, but when you, when you drastically change the picture in Photoshop, which is, and maybe I don't understand Photoshop enough. Cause when I think of Photoshop, I, f I figure someone has retouched the hell out of the photo um, rather than in Lightroom where you're just, you're acting like in a dark room. So you're, you don't have all these tools, even though now they're, they've added, a ton of AI tools in the Lightroom, um, but before you know, it was I mostly messed with maybe grain, contrast, shadow, clarity. That was probably it. Um, and and then I use I do use film recipes in the camera, but as I'm looking through the EVF, I can see the film recipe anyway. So I'm trying to capture it with as to get a film. I like nostalgic looks. Mm -hmm. I like I don't like um, for street photography. I don't like the the really dynamic Sony 
uh, type picture that I see a lot of the the Sony guys doing mm-hmm. for street photography. It's yeah. it's awesome. I like it. It's sharp. It's colorful. I just like grainy nostalgia stuff. It's just the old brain of mine. I, I, I will tell you, the grain slider in Lightroom mm-hmm. is some sort of magic. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what they're doing, but I cannot find grain that's that good. Yeah. And so, like, I, I do a fair amount of composite work, which is, you know, photographing multiple things and bringing them, creating something else, which, you know, like my family portrait of my family, mm-hmm. uh, six of us, I photograph every person separate in, in the scene and then created this shot of us. And mm. it's cool because we're all, I wish I could show you, it's on Instagram. It's a couple of years old. Um, <clears throat> I should actually go. Let's see. I have it on this computer, I think. Um, but what I found is when I build the, is this it right here? What, what are the, uh, oh no, that's okay. This will work. It's not my family, but I'm going to share. <laughs> it's, it's another client. So don't feel weird, but it's the same concept. This was just a little more, uh, insane. So, um, I apologize for anyone here that's not. Um, it's not oh, the one that you guys you, in the kitchen, is it? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, is it? That's it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So these were all so, separate shots. Yep, yep. In in the room, we were in that room. Yeah. Um. So if you go to my Instagram at VPD Studio, uh, it's back. Jeez, what's the date on that? Uh, this is February twenty eighth, twenty twenty. Yeah. So dig back in time, but that's where it is. <laughs> um. Well, that's cool. What I found, though, is once that's all done, and there's other things, there's, if you'll notice, there's a slight light ray coming in from the window. Mm. Uh, that's all added. Um, the way the shadows fell, they were there, but I, pick and ch- I picked and chose mm-hmm. the shadow based on the image I was using. Um, and so once that's done, then you bring it into Lightroom as a, as a Photoshop document that's got all these layers, and then you drag that grain slider. And what that does is all of a sudden, all those separate images now become cohesive into one. Mm. Oh, yeah. And I can see that. Fascinating. And I, I, for years, I've been doing that, and it, it works. Oh, tricks of the, the trade. Day, tricks of the trade I here, saw, folks. Well, just the other day, I saw somebody on Instagram, a little reel. Hey, it's just something you didn't know about, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and it was someone saying, hey, yeah, when you do this, you want to make it look like it's the same, just add some grain to it. It's like, okay, yep. See? It's all who you know. There you go. There you go. All right. Well, we need to talk more. Hey, man, brother. Let's do it. Brother. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I would love for you to like, yeah, brother, go through my photos and tell me what you think ever. I'm, I'm not afraid of any kind of criticism. You can tell me that's all bullshit. I like, um, several years ago, I was in the Minneapolis airport mm-hmm. and I was just there again a few days ago. And so I saw the same spot. Mm-hmm. And I remembered that I took a cool picture of the train leaving. Like it was a mm. dead end of, of the track. It kind of backs into this glassed in area into part of the terminal. Yeah. And then it backs in, picks up people and goes. And I remember taking a shot of that years ago and it kind of felt very monochromatic and gray and silver and really cool. Um, but it reminded me, it's like, oh shoot, I shot that. Mm-hmm. that. That was a place I took a picture of and captured years ago. I should go find that and look at it. I haven't, but. I think it's somewhere on my Instagram years back, but, um, but yeah, uh, but that tone, like, like toning that my dad had heart surgery in 2015, uh, in Portland. And so I flew out there with my daughter at the time. She was 18 months, I think. And cause we didn't know if he was going to make it. 
And so I took that time when, as he was recovering and all that, and just wandered around the hospital complex at the uh, Oregon Health Science University and photographed stuff with my phone just to see what we could do. Yeah. And it's cool. Like, I, I, I created a hashtag. Uh, you can search for it. I think I'm the only one for the most part that's used it. Uh, <laughs> it was called Raw in Your Pocket. Raw in Your Pocket. Mm-hmm. Um, and the idea was, I these new iPhones, and I think the Samsungs, I don't know because I don't use them, but I'm pretty sure they do. Uh, you can get access to the raw file now. Yeah. And now edit raw. Lightroom, you can shoot right within in raw. Um, now the the latest version of app, uh, the iOS, they added a raw capability to the pro camera, so you can turn that into a raw file. And it's just kind of cool because it gives you ton of control. Yeah. You still get that the kind of obscure, surreptitious camera that everyone has, so no one really thinks about it anymore. You know, everyone's got a phone in their pocket, so you don't really realize that I'm photographing something. Yeah. How do you feel or about that? It doesn't seem out of place. But if you got, you know, you got a big 500 millimeter lens sticking out there, you kind yeah. of look a little conspicuous. I feel like a phone camera's cheap in photography. That's my take on that. What do you think? Well, I, I think that's just a... Uh, no, you can uh, tell no, me I'm I, wrong. I, I, I mean... I, I don't think it does. Okay. Um, I, I think what it does is it forces the professional to be that much better. And and it's a tool. Yeah. It's another tool in the bag. Yeah. I, I shot a wedding years ago. I don't do weddings anymore, but several years ago, I shot one of my last ones. And I had packed all my gear up and was looking back at the... Um, the altar and there was their uh they did sand i think unity sand and i thought oh shoot i forgot to get that shot so what i do i drug my phone out mm. turned raw on grabbed a couple shots that i wanted they never knew the difference yeah well, well yeah them to go. match everything was identical. Yeah, yeah and so it became a tool yeah that that finished the job you know it wasn't ideal it's not what i wanted to do no but it was there got yeah. the job done and it worked yeah now Russell Brown, he shoots exclusively with, with a, a phone. Does he really? It's either the latest iPhone or the latest Samsung. Interesting. Uh, or the or the uh, the, what's Google's phone? Um, Pixel. Yeah. Pixel. Interesting. So I, I didn't know that. When I was with him, you know, we're wandering around trying to get the the Milky Way. Yeah. With a phone. You can do that, right? You can do that Holy on the Samsungs, right? Crap, and the Apple. It's insane. Yeah what those things now i don't know if they're making it up they might be but it's incredible what you can get with it yeah that's fantastic mm -hmm. that's great well craig thank you so much for hanging out with me and and talking uh about uh, photography and and your journey through podcasting and i really appreciate you stepping up tonight and and uh yeah, being my guest co-host thanks for the invite yeah well i mean you know i was looking for a way to get you on anyways the thing is is wait did you did you give john the illness shut up oh, uh, <laughs> shh. uh the thing is is I, i'd rather have john here because i think if i did a three-way clean feed i'm not sure how that would how that would sound i know sir c sitter does it on abs in a six-pack all the time and um i just i don't know uh what i don't want is i don't want talking over people and if you're in the same room or if you have one person that's maybe on a zoom and then two other people in the room i think it can be easier to do cues if that if you know what i mean you're like you're looking at facial cues which is why zoom is so important when i do these 
stuff so I can mm-hmm. you know, I can yeah. do a facial cue. I can see when you're slowing down and you're you're done with what you're saying so I can now talk instead of all of us talking over one another, which I would hate to do. So um so I was trying to find a way when John was home, but he's always so busy when he's home because his time is so limited. So I'm glad this worked out. John, get better. I love you, brother. Um, but I'm glad this worked yeah, out so that John, you and I- <laughs> your new microphone too, John. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he, when he's here, he's using my microphones and my gear um, in the basement here, but at his own home, he's got to do some microphone. It's some other goofy connection, which we can talk about some other time, but um, yeah, but I appreciate you so much uh, for yeah. listening to beer bourbon and balderdash uh, for doing the work that you're doing on the uh, interview podcast. Uh, your photos is inspirational. I, you know, everyone go to VPD studio on Instagram or go to his website mm-hmm. and uh, well, you can go there, but unfortunately it's, oh, that's uh, right. updating, it's not, which yeah. means it's not actually, <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering, I was going to ask you about that. Actually, I'm glad you brought that up. When will the new update, will that be Q2 or Q3? Uh, I, I hope it's, I hope it's before 25. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, this is the sucky part is I build, I, I'm building a couple websites for clients, mm-hmm. um, which uh, it's not, I mean, it's not a specialty of mine by any means other than um, I know how to do it. Yeah. And, you know, it can, can make it work and, and look pretty decent using Squarespace. I mean, I, I don't write code or anything. Yeah. Um, but it's like the plumber always has leaky faucets mm-hmm. and fixes everyone else's stuff. I, you know, I, the one thing I do have kind of is good pictures in my house. I do have that. That's good. But I didn't for a long time. Yeah. It's so funny because I, I, I asked Dana, my wife, I said, how come there's no pictures of any of my stuff in our house? It's because, well, you don't print them off. And yet we have pictures of other photographer friends stuff all over the walls. And I'm like, well, there's, their stuff's better. I agree. (laughs) (laughs) I'd rather have their stuff up too. That's so funny. Yes. My wife has started framing, uh, well, she has a bunch of her art. She's a phenomenal artist, but she started framing artwork of our children hanging on the wall, which is really fun. That is cool. That's awesome. That's right. Your wife does do art as well. SarahWeinberg.art. I'll plug that. There you go. Artsy fartsy family here, the Weinbergs. Artsy fartsy. (laughs) Oh, Craig. I've enjoyed talking to you, my friend. Oh, yeah. Uh, We're going back to the balderdash word. It's, uh, oh, I forgot even how to pronounce it. Pronounce it. Ozostomia. Yeah, ozostomia. Yeah, ozostomia. Thank you. It means a foul-smelling breath or halitosis. No. Yep. Whatever. Ozostomia. <laughs> well, you said ill and ozone. I mean, it's it kind of went. Uh, okay, that works. <laughs> bad air. Bad air. That's it. Oh, that friends. beer you drink. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, this one is definitely was going to give that. I don't know if my wife's going to be near beer. Uh, folks, this is a Value for Value podcast. That means uh, we love your time, treasure, and talent. We don't even mind asking. So if you have any of those things that we need, uh, please reach out to us and uh, give me, give me, uh, including uh, you can go to fountain.fm or Podverse. You can go to Albi and get a wallet for your Satoshis. A lot of people I know that I talk to, Craig, they just, they don't know how to do it because no, you know, no one's ever taught them. So if you email me, I'll teach you how to set up a wallet. It's super easy. And then you can send me all your Satoshis. Uh, we also have a PayPal account now, and that's on the website. And uh, we're looking for jingles. We have a Substack, a new newsletter. It's beerbourbonballerdash.substack.com. I tried to make it longer, but I couldn't. That's all the words I could use. And uh, you could subscribe to that. And uh, 
I actually publish a couple times a week uh, what's coming up next on the podcast and uh, what this last podcast was all about and anything else that's going on in the Balderdash world. Craig, I appreciate you, brother. Thank you for taking your time and uh, sharing it with me. And uh, um, this will come out on Monday. So tell all your friends. And... uh, all well, my friend, all your friends. You have friends, man. You have you. You are a person now that I can know that has high flute friends as well. You know people <laughs> in high places, buddy. That's right. <laughs> and you're the person that I know in the high place. So thank you for being my friend. <laughs> thank you, Wes. It's been fun. Travel around the world and back again. This has Absolutely. been Beer, Bourbon, and Balderdash, episode eighty-eight. Uh, maybe we'll call it the uh, interviewer interview. Damn, that works. Okay, that sounds good. I'm waiting for the music to zoom like down. It. Usually, there we go. Johnson, go some go nonsense go. stuff. You don't have yeah. to say the word at the end, Swear by the way. Words yeah. <laughs> Swearing. <laughs> have a great night. That was good. Okay, have a good night, everyone. Funk. I brought the funk. Damn.